Support comes from Missouri Forest Products Association, committed to sustainable and sound conservation of the state's forests, which support more than 41,000 Missouri jobs, resulting in a $10 billion industry. Choosewood.com. It's Tuesday, March 14th. This is The Gateway. I'm Wayne Pratt. There's a push in Washington and in states throughout the Midwest to restrict foreign ownership of farmland. Growing tensions between the U.S. and China are a big reason. There's such an overwhelming concern about China's role in America and their their intentions that we will get something passed. It is not the first time lawmakers have tried to stop foreign farmland ownership in America. We'll have that story in just a few minutes. Cahokia Heights is about to receive part of the long-awaited state aid for the city's problematic sewer system. St. Louis Public Radio's Will Bauer reports Illinois' Environmental Protection Agency has finalized a $10 million grant for the city. Cahokia Heights residents have complained for years about sewage running through their streets and homes during heavy rains. The grant will help the city pay for repairs of 35 sewer stations and thousands of feet of pipe. The state comptroller's office has processed the request. It's possible the city could get a quarter of the grant money now. Attorney Nicole Nelson represents citizens in two lawsuits against the city over sewer issues. She says the grant is welcome news. It's great, and we would like to see more work. And also, where is the rest of the 20-something million dollars that was promised to be doing work in the area? The state has promised a total of $22 million for the project. I'm Will Bauer, St. Louis Public Radio. The city of Normandy and the village of Glen Echo Park want to merge. The municipalities have filed a notice to consolidate with the St. Louis County Boundary Commission. Glen Echo Park had a population of just over 120 in the most recent census. Normandy has almost 4,300 residents. Glen Echo Park is surrounded on three sides by Normandy. The communities say their boards unanimously support the consolidation. A similar proposal was submitted in 2020, but later withdrawn. A public hearing is set for March 29th. Comments on the proposal can be submitted online. Workers in Illinois will now have a week of paid time off for any reason. St. Louis Public Radio's Kate Grumke reports. Illinois is the third state in the nation to mandate paid time off. Workers will be able to take paid time for any reason and won't need documentation. The new law mandates at least a week of paid time off each year. Governor J.B. Pritzker says the time off could be used if a car breaks down or if a child or elderly parent needs care. Too many people can't afford to miss even a day's pay. But then crises arise, sometimes seemingly small, sometimes catastrophic. This new policy will begin next year. I'm Kate Grumke, St. Louis Public Radio. The chief operations officer for St. Louis County's special school district is the new superintendent for Melville Schools. Jeff Hogg will start his new job in July. He has also been an administrator in the Merrimack Valley School District and with Hazelwood Schools. Jury selection begins today in the corruption trial of four former Commonwealth Edison lobbyists and executives in Illinois. They face federal charges related to a bribery scheme to benefit former House Speaker Michael Madigan in exchange for favorable legislation. The outcome could affect Madigan's case next year, depending on whether prosecutors win convictions or any of the four defendants being tried are acquitted. Stephen Beckett is an attorney who won a rare acquittal for a client in a public corruption trial in Illinois almost three decades ago. If you have multiple defendants and they're being tried together, 
there's always a chance that the jury is going to look for somebody to favor. The defendants in the case say the government is trying to criminalize politics. Attorneys say the trial could last up to eight weeks. A St. Louis County man suspected in the shooting of two police officers in Herman is in custody after a lengthy standoff with police. Charges are pending against Kenneth Lee Simpson of Eureka following yesterday's standoff and the shooting on Sunday night. Herman Detective Sergeant Mason Griffith was killed. The other officer is listed as stable. Tense relations between China and the U.S. are placing more scrutiny on who owns farmland. It's become a hot topic after the U.S. Air Force determined a proposed corn mill in North Dakota would be a significant national security threat. Now there are proposals restricting foreign ownership of farmland, making their way through Congress and many state legislatures. Harvest Public Media's Eva Tesfai reports. Fufang USA, a subsidiary of a Chinese company, purchased land near Grand Forks, North Dakota, close to a U.S. Air Force base. North Dakota's two U.S. senators asked for the Air Force to weigh in, and shortly after, the city council voted to stop the project. Senator Kevin Kramer says it was a clear move, given current U.S.-China relations. You know, just within hours or, or days of the Air Force letter arriving, China had a a spy balloon 65,000 feet above Montana. That spy balloon got a lot of attention. A large Chinese spy balloon spotted over the United States. That first Chinese spy balloon was seen flying over parts of the Kansas City area today. Chinese spy balloon over American airspace. That spy balloon and the eventual rejection of the corn mill shined a spotlight on Chinese ownership of American farmland. Senator Kramer, a Republican, is now co-sponsoring two federal bills. Both would limit foreign ownership by giving the U.S. Department of Agriculture more input into potential land purchases. He says it's a big issue for Republicans and Democrats. There's such an overwhelming concern about China's role in America and their, and their intentions that we will get something passed in a strong bipartisan and bicameral way. According to USDA data, foreign holdings of U.S. farmland increased by an average of about 2 million acres a year from 2015 to 2021. But the data also shows that China owns less than 1% of foreign-owned land, although experts say there are issues with how that data is collected. It's not just federal lawmakers who want to crack down. There have been a flurry of bills in state legislatures, including most Midwestern states. There's so many proposals. It's insane. Micah Brown is a staff attorney at the National Agricultural Law Center and has been keeping track of the laws and bills in each state. He says that it's an issue that has come up time and time again since colonization, and the U.S. has hit another political flashpoint now. Especially in 2023 with all these proposals, the proponents of these bills, the lawmakers that are proposing these bills are really saying the reason is national security. Some states are even reversing course. Just 10 years ago, Missouri moved to allow up to 1% foreign ownership of its farmland. That was just ahead of a Chinese company buying out Smithfield Foods, a large pork producer and food processing company. Bill Eigel, a Missouri state senator, is sponsoring one of the 16 bills moving to restrict foreign ownership again. The Republican says food security is the main issue. 
I don't want China to own our, our ground. I, I honestly don't want European countries to be able to buy our ground because that's American ground that is feeding our population and we need to maintain that sovereignty. Keeping land in the hands of U.S. farmers is a major problem, according to Francine Miller, an attorney at Vermont Law and Graduate School. But she says the national attention on Chinese ownership of agricultural land is taking away from the fact that investors in general are driving up farmland prices. The focus on this issue obscures the issues that many of us are trying to work on, on improving land access for beginning and people of color, farmers, and people who've been denied access to land in America. The current geopolitical situation, including the war in Ukraine and relationships with China and Russia, is putting a spotlight on foreign influence over U.S. resources. For Harvest Public Media, I'm Eva Tesfai. Harvest Public Media is a collaboration of newsrooms throughout the Midwest. Before wrapping up, It's 314 Day in St. Louis. In most of the country, it's Pi Day, marking 3.14, the ratio of the circumference of a circle to its diameter. In St. Louis, it marks civic pride because 314 is the area code. Residents are encouraged to do all things St. Louis-y today, like shopping local and eating food related to the city, like pizza with Prevel cheese and St. Paul sandwiches. The event started as a celebration by black St. Louisans, We'll have more about all things St. Louis today on St. Louis on the Air, which begins at noon on St. Louis Public Radio. And The Gateway is a production of St. Louis Public Radio, a listener-supported service of the University of Missouri-St. Louis. Music by Ryan McNeely of Adult Fur. I'm Wayne Pratt. Support comes from the Missouri Forest Products Association, committed to conservation and careful management of the state's forests to make them more resilient and better habitats for wildlife. Choosewood.com.